name of the Lord is a strong to sing a song today many things about tomorrow I'm thankful for that strong tower that we can run into because we don't know what the future holds but we know who holds the future amen glory thank God he's prepared a place for us already he's already been there amen he's gone ahead of us hallelujah my, we've got confidence. <laughs> I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't know.
Once my soul was astray from the heavenly way. I was wretched and vile as could be, but my Savior above gave me peace, joy, and love when He reached down.
you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, what a Savior. What a Savior we have in Christ Jesus. And we worship you tonight, Lord. We give you praise and thanksgiving, Father. With our songs and with our praise, Lord, we lift up your name tonight, Father. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Just before we go to prayer, I'd like to sing a song together. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. I believe it's key of F. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know the same Prayer requests here tonight. 
Sister Emily Roy uh, writes in a request for her friend's daughter-in-law who's got complications with her pregnancy and is, is, not, uh, is in the hospital and the doctors are concerned that she could lose the baby. So we just want to remember that need before the Lord. Brother Norm Wood has a request here for uh, Brother Norm LaCourcer in um, Edmonton. Um, He's got cancer and uh, it has moved into his spine. It's now confined to be- in, in his bed and is in, in much pain. So we just want to bring that before the Lord tonight as well. Um, Sister Virginia Blackjack asking for prayer for her nephew, Jason Fairclough, who is in the hospital. It doesn't mention what the need is, but we just want to bring that before the Lord as well. And then Brother... Uh, Richard Drake has texted me with a need. Um, Sister Barb has a co-worker uh, whose child is seven years old. It's a son. And he's got internal bleeding from ulcerative colitis. Um, he's in very, very serious condition. So we want to just bring that before the Lord as well. Amen. We have a great God who is able to heal and he's already done it. And I was just thinking, Brother Richard, when you texted me that request, and Sister Emily, you as well, how that these this young child may not... I don't know what the situation is. I don't know if his parents know the Lord. I don't know if this boy has the faith to believe. But God and his great network and his great mind had Sister Barb's pathway cross with this lady and just so that she could bring this need before the Lord. So we just want to bind our hearts together. We're the bride of Christ. We are the very blood of God upon this earth, interceding for the needs of people. Amen? Amen. Brother Jean, why don't you come, brother? Take these needs before the throne of grace. Remember, Brother Mike Ray, as you would bring the word. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's once again a privilege to be in your presence tonight, Lord. To come into the house of God, Lord. How we long to be in your presence. Since Sunday, Lord, we've been just pondering on the things that we heard, Lord. And meditating upon the word of God, Lord. Even till this day, Lord, I'm still affected and impacted by the word that we heard on Sunday, Lord. Realizing, Lord, the power of the atonement, Lord. Oh, God, there's many needs tonight, Lord. But if we could only get a revelation of the atonement. As we heard that all our answers, Father, are in that atonement. Everything that we need, healing, salvation, deliverance, peace, is already paid for in that atonement, Lord. Lord, I pray, oh God, that tonight you will give us revelation, Lord. That you'll strike our hearts to believe in that atonement, Lord. That you've already given us everything that we need. As we sing, it's already provided. Everything I need, he's already provided, Lord. For that little boy with internal bleeding, you've already provided, Lord. For the need with cancer, Lord, you've already provided, Lord Jesus. For the sister with the complication of her pregnancy, you've already provided, Lord. Oh, Lord, when you scream those words at the cross, it is finished. Lord, you already provided everything that we will need, Lord. So we bind our faith tonight together as, as the bride of Jesus Christ, believing for those needs, oh God. Lord, I'm reminded of a prophet, oh God, in this generation, Lord, in his hotel room, 
pondering and meditating for a service and you put a burden on his heart and you couldn't understand what the burden was and he prayed and prayed and still started speaking in a language that sounded like German and then you realize when it came to the meetings that his sister was healed of a heart condition Lord you knew that she needed to touch you but you put a burden on the prophet to intercede for her oh God Lord, these needs, Father, you put a burden, Lord God, on us to pray tonight for those needs. They might not have enough faith, perhaps, as brother, as our song leader mentioned, Lord God, perhaps that boy doesn't even have faith, oh God. But we can intercede on his behalf, Lord. You've so orchestrated that Sister Barb will come by his way, oh God, that the bride of Jesus Christ tonight can intercede. We pray and we believe, oh God, that you're more than able by your stripes, we're healed. Father, we thank you for what you did on Sunday. But today is another service. It's another opportunity to hear from you, oh God. That you can further our walk with you, Lord. That you can unveil yourself even more. So we pray for the servant of God, Brother Michael, Lord. Who was labored. Father, I pray that you use him tonight in a special way, Lord. More than the previous times, Lord God. Increase our faith, oh God. To rise up above all the circumstances. Above the pressures of life. Above the cares of life, oh God. To lock into the supernatural as you heard. Give us eyes that pierce into that realm, oh God. Where we can reach out in faith and receive something of you. Something of eternal value, Lord. That we can go back home knowing indeed that we met with God. We commit the service into your hands. For your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God has already done it. Amen. Hallelujah. You can have your seats tonight. While I'm thinking of it, I just want to wish our American brothers and sisters a very happy Thanksgiving. I believe it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. So we just want to... Bless them with good wishes and have a great time with your families. And and, uh, there's going to be service also this weekend at the camp. I believe Brother Mike Ray will probably mention that. Um, And with that also, there's not going to be uh, Sunday school here in the church this Sunday, but we'll be resuming on Sunday, December the 5th. Amen. Amen. we have a special tonight, uh, Sister Megan, Sister Fortune, why don't you come up and get ready to sing. <clears throat> Maybe we can just sing, uh, Hold to God's Unchanging Hand, just a verse or verse in a chorus maybe. Hold to God's unchanging hand.
prophetic testimony, um, which is the reason for me being here to sing. Um, back in July, I don't know if you all remember, but you all prayed for me because I had an allergic reaction to who knows what, and I was trapped in a bed on allergy medication and couldn't function. And um, couldn't figure out the source, went to the doctor, they gave me stronger drugs. I jokingly called them horse tranquilizers. It was terrible. And um, the following Wednesday, Brother Michael preached subpoenaed to witness. And, or he didn't, that was, I don't even know if that was his title. That was the part that stuck with me. Because I was stuck in my pew on another planet. And I could hardly function. And I really, really wanted to testify that the Lord had healed me. And I couldn't function. And by the next day, I was so incredibly miserable. I was a week into this reaction. It wasn't going away. The drugs were doing nothing. So I excused myself from my desk and came and sat at the back of the empty sanctuary and prayed. And the next morning, we got up really early because my uncle was uh, on his way to glory. And um, so I was up praying for him. And uh, when it was time to get ready for work, I was supposed to take some more drugs because by that time my body should have been covered in hives and it wasn't. I had no reaction whatsoever. God had completely healed me. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for your prayers. So I was so happy, but there was one little thing, and that was that my throat had swollen during this week of torture. And everything was hard, talking, singing, breathing. Everything was difficult and painful. And that lasted for another two months. So I came up for prayer, and Brother Tim and Brother Michael prayed with me. I went to the doctor. The doctor said, I don't know. So I (laughs) was just like, well, Dr. Jesus knows. So we'll leave it with him. So, And I just continued. And I, I noticed that every time I praised, it went away. And every time I stopped, it came back. So I told Satan that he could bug me as much as he wanted because that meant I got to praise the Lord every single day and uh, just so that I'd be able to breathe. So I, um, I'm here tonight to give glory to God. It is gone, 100% gone, and I am free.
appreciate that so much. Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And He dwells in the praise of His people. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Sister Megan, for that testimony. I think with that, we should just stand up and sing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Just lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Amazing Grace
at the anthem of a believer to cross over and we'll sing the song Amazing Grace How Sweet the Sound Oh my Yeah, we just think about that How sweet the sound of grace Because if it wasn't for grace We wouldn't be nowhere We'd be in hell That's where we'd be going But His grace Saved me and you, amen That's why we can say praise God Right, Michael? Praise God Amen God bless you tonight Just a note on the weekend Indeed, Thanksgiving service uh, Down at the States on the Sunday morning 10.30, same time as normal uh, we will be we will be streaming here as well. So if you can't make it across, you can come to the service, and there'll be uh, we'll be streaming too. That's it for that. All right. Well, pray for me. A little bit of a different service tonight. You can bring me down just a little bit better sound. I feel like I'm ringing up here, and uh, you can help me out. All right. <laughs> I'm going on a limb, <laughs> but it's the word of God. <laughs> So it's a strong limb. <laughs> Could reach way out there. <laughs> Amen. We're going to take a little bit of part two musicians. That's it for tonight, or at least for this part of the night. And we can turn to our scriptures. We're going to turn to Second Kings again. We'll just kind of rehearse our mind a little bit with where we were last week. And then we're going to take a, a bit of a journey, maybe a turn <laughs> as well. That uh, was 2 Kings 6.14 is where we'll start. All right. I hear the pages slowly stop turning. Therefore, sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed about the city. We're talking about Elisha. And they were coming to, uh, the king had been told that his every thought and secret was being told to Elisha. Everything he said in his bedchamber, if you remember prior. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, gone forth, behold, a host compassed about the city, or the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Amen. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. He said, well, Brother Mike, you read that last time, and I remember it. <laughs> well, we're going to dig into it a little bit more. Maybe, maybe you remembered some, but maybe there's some. We're going to, Lord will open up a little bit more tonight. Amen. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw. How critical was that? What a moment that would have been if he was sitting there and just looking out there and, oh, you know, I'm sure the prophet just bowed his head, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. I think it was, it was probably a little bit more, uh, I think the servant was probably a little bit more than, uh, well, it doesn't say, but I'm pretty sure he was, he expounded a little bit <laughs> on what he saw. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, what a moment. Lord, we can look in the scripture and think about, Lord, that servant when he saw around about him chariots of fire and horses. The armies of the living God encompassed about his servants. And Lord, he would have looked at that in awe and wonder and imagined, my, it, w- it was there all the time. And Lord, what a moment it was when the eyes of your bride were opened up at last. 
Lord, when our eyes could see, Lord, amazing grace, you saved me. You, you bought me with a price. Lord, you, you paid the ultimate sacrifice for me. And our eyes opened to the word of this day. And we, we saw serpent see and we see Godhead and we see back to all these things, Lord, that were opened up. Lord, what a moment when our eyes were opened. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, and may we can exclaim as that servant would have, thank you, Lord, for saving me. For, Lord, at that moment, that servant was saved. Lord, he thought it was all lost, but, Lord, you had won the battle before it even started because you were there on the scene. So, Lord, tonight, may you open our eyes to see your word a little more, reveal it to us, Lord, and we can just fellowship with your people tonight in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I wanted to start with this verse, this little passage of scripture, just to keep the positive before you, because <laughs> that's a realm. We spoke about, last week we spoke about eyes that penetrate, the supernatural, and just how there, there's, there's another realm out there, and this, and this scripture just points us to it, and gives us a little insight that there's more happening beyond our earthly vision. And so I want to just keep that there, keep the positive in front of you. Uh, uh, of the chariots of fire as, as uh, there were be, uh, around the, uh, the mountain was full of horses and chariots, as the scripture says. And, uh, but there's powers, as we'll go into scripture in a little, short little bit, on both sides. There's light and there's darkness. All right, we spoke last week about that, about eyes that penetrate those realms and, and can pierce into the other realm. And that realm was real. It's very real. Amen. Let the, you know, uh, and we spoke, we even gave a little, a few quotes there about how Brother Branham was reaching into that realm uh, and trying to catch or bring back those humans, the spirits of, of, of a human that had been lost. They lost, they're wandering. And Brother Branham was speaking, yeah, I got to go find that spirit and bring them back. And we spoke, we spoke about a, Brother Branham identifying a demon of asthma that was hiding. So he was seeing in another realm. Amen. So I'm just setting, again, just... Bringing back a little bit just to set our tone into, into, into where we want to go this evening. And how it needed a different set of eyes. Different set of eyes. So don't disregard the daily presence of those realms just because you can't see it. Alright? Let's not disregard it because it's real. These are real dimensions. And just because our eyes don't see or our ears don't hear or we can't touch it, doesn't mean it's not there. Okay? Out of sight, out of mind? <laughs> not in this case. It should be right there in the forefront of our mind because we're warring. All right? We're warring. Okay? And so we're pressed from every side as it would be. And there's multiple Dimensions, but Branham even says in a quote early in, in, in his ministry, he says, now your doctor, he can tell you about your anatomy, your body. But I'm here, and he goes, my work is in the realm of spirits. I thought this was so powerful. That's where he goes, he says, that's where I live a big part of my life, is in another dimension. Wow. So this pondered that for a little bit. That's where I live a big part of my life, is in another dimension that the world knows nothing about. Yeah, you just Google it. And they know nothing about it. They're trying. They're trying to penetrate into another realm. They're trying to identify what, what's beyond this, this fleshly, this mortal realm. And they come up with very weird things. 
Because they have, they, have no, they have no experience. They have no experience in it. They don't have any actual you know, time. And here Brother Brown saying, I live a big part of my life in another dimension. And the world knows nothing about it. And here we have how many tapes that can prove it. And I speak in the name of the Lord, said they don't understand. There's no need of trying to explain it. He says, no way to explain it. And another quote, he says, and just going back, Brother Branham, he says, Jesus, when he was speaking to the woman at the well, he says he was hunting for her spirit. Why? He was hunting for it. Where was he in that, in that, in, at that moment? Here he was sitting on a well, but he was talking, but he was, he was somewhere else at the same time. Amen? And, and uh, I can just imagine as he's in some other dimension and hunting, searching, where is she? Where is she? What can I, how can I find her? And he's in another place. Meanwhile, his body is talking to her. But in another place, somewhere else in another realm that we can't see, he's hunting for her spirit. And then catches it. He says, go find your husband. Oh, I don't have a husband. He found it. How far he had to go, I don't know. The depths and the far-reaching aspects of that dimension. But he found her. Just like he found you and me. I don't know how deep he had to go. And how far-reaching his hand needed to go. But in that realm, he found you. And searched for you. And brought you back. Amen. And opened your eyes. Amen. Brother Brown speaks about tears. Now don't get scared here. Tears and levels of dimensions. I won't go in, into too much. There's a couple areas Brother Bram talks about it. Again, just because we don't understand something doesn't annul its existence. Right? You might not understand gravity. I can't see it. So therefore, it just must not exist. We'll jump off the building and we'll find out if it exists. It's real. Right? I can't see it. It might not be, you know, there. You might not quite understand it all, but it's there. It's real. It's something that really exists. And, you know, we live in, people would say, a 3D realm, three-dimensional realm. And we can move forward, backward, up, down, and left and right. Some say there's a fourth realm of time, and we can't move in time. We can only go forward. We can't move backward in time, though we might wish we did. Or zoom far ahead. It's a dimension we don't have control over. We can only... Control over our the three D three dimensional realm. But around speaks about other other dimensions of where the spirit realm is, and, the, and the, there's a, there's worlds there. There's there. I was thinking about the different realms and different. But Abraham speaks about heaven being in a in a certain dimension, and he speaks about angels, and then he speaks about hell and and the demon spirits, and there's different. He speaks about how, how they're in different levels of, of dimensions and how heaven definitely can't exist in heaven. Hell can't exist in heaven's realm. It's got to be a different place. Scripture says, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. It's a descending from hell. You don't, I don't feel it's a, you know, when we travel to Europe, we go over to Europe, we fly over. I don't think that's the same thing. I don't think from heaven, it's something, well, just take a journey and you'll, you'll get to hell. It doesn't work that way. There's different dimensions that, the, that, that these are, that are in. Yet there are places where both spirits collide. And they war. And so they do, they do land in the same. There's, a, there's, a, there's at least a place they come together. Where the prince of Persia and fought with Gabriel, Michael, or Daniel. They speak about that. So they war. They war with, in, our, in our spirit realm. It's a 
Brother Michael, where are you going? Brother Bram says, here. There's a channel like this where mortals live here. In a conglomeration of gaiety and blackness and sin. Every once in a while you see a little white spot or a light. You are the light that sets on a hill. He says, that's Christians in this conglomeration of this dimension of mortals. And then this way downward, next dimension, he says, there's soul and unjust ones that who died. Then there's demons and then there's hell. And he speaks of going another direction. He says, then there's angels and there's a third heaven. He just speaks about different dimensions. And he goes into a different countdown as well. And it speaks about it in a bit of a different way. And so we know that there's, there, there, there's realms pressing against us. All right? Pressing against us. And we're in some ways even trapped in the middle. Trapped in the middle even. All right? But Abraham says an adoption. I'm going slower tonight. You'll be proud of me. He says, death has no fear at all, and it doesn't for you. You just understood. If you just understood, you'd have to have an experience to know it. Because there's no way to explain it. You cannot find words. It just doesn't lay down in the dictionary. No other dictionary because it's in an eternity. He's speaking about uh, the experience he had on the other side. And he goes, oh, it's no, I feel pretty good. Or an hour from now, I don't feel so well. And another hour, I feel good again. He said, it's present tense all the time. Never a cease, just the glorious peace and something. There can be no sin, no jealousy, no sickness. Oh, he says, which, he goes, God, let me be caught up to see something. I would refer, he goes, to the first heaven, he says. And then believe one in the Bible by the name of Paul, he says, that was caught up into the third heaven. He says, oh, and if it was this glorious in the first heavens, speaking of when he went beyond the curtain of time, what, was, what does the third heaven hold? Amen. He says, I just like to see Jesus. He says, mm, he's just a little higher. So he wasn't in that realm. He couldn't, be, he couldn't be connected with in that realm. He was a little higher. All right? And so now we're influenced from these realms. We are influenced from these realms. I, I, this tonight maybe be a little bit more about maybe down to our our young people maybe a little bit so maybe a, we'll just and older ones if you benefit that's wonderful but uh lord just has some of this on my heart maybe target a little bit for our, our young people just to see how, what impacts them what influences them what's what what forces are 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 attacking and driving and and how how we must be aware of it and uh but Abraham says, now, these mortals in this dimension here is influenced from either there or from here. And he's speaking about these dimensions. And so you're influenced from one or the other. Okay? And so there's a warring play, taking place. It's a war. It's, it's a major war. It's a battle. And, and, the, and it affects you. <laughs> it affects you. And so we must be aware and even able to combat and know how to then to withstand. Amen? So turn to Ephesians 6. We're going to go to a very familiar scripture. This isn't, uh, these are not things you haven't heard before, but maybe we're just going to rehearse and bring them to the forefront of your thought and mind as we combat. Because, you know, the battle doesn't stop. Right. So you're like, I heard this 20 years ago. All right. Well, guess what? 
He didn't sit down and park the battle and, and, and you know, it's over. It's still on. <laughs> Last to check, the battle's still on. So you need to be aware of that. And if you've grown a little bit slack or you're not aware that, you know, there's certain areas that are combating you, we go back to scripture and we talk about these things so we can kind of tighten up the belt. Right? Amen. That's what Wednesday night's for, belt tightening night. <laughs> okay? Ephesians 6. We're going to just walk through this scripture a little bit slow and then... Uh, and we'll move on. Finally, finally, in conclusion, finally, Ephesians, it's quite the book. But now in Ephesians 6, we're nearing the end of it. And Paul is saying, finally, after all, I've said all these different things. But now, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Amen. In conclusion, I'm going to just go a little bit back and forth between amplified. You can follow along. Be strong in the Lord. That is not strong in your abilities. That's not strong in what you're able to do. Okay. Isn't well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm able to tackle these things of life or, you know, I've got certain talents and certain things that, that, that make me, you know, uh, real viable young man or young woman in this day and age. Mm -mm. It says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. It has nothing to do with you. Your combating ability has zero. It's in his strength. Amen. Strong in the Lord. That's where our abilities come from. Our strength comes from him. Nothing coming from me or you. Amen. He says, be empowered through your union with him. Draw strength from him. That strength, which is his boundless might provides. Amen. You have some end to your strength. His does not. So we want to rely on his. Amen. We're just going to walk through some scripture here. Therefore, now put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Put on the whole armor. Amplified says the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad he supplies it. Amen. War's on. Hate to break it to you. War's not good, but it's on and you've got a large pack. He's put a, he a heavy pack heavy armed soldier. You've got enough there because why? Why the scripture says it's because so you may be able to successfully stand against all amplified strategies and deceits. Strategies. Satan is strategizing. Hmm. How can I nail them? How can I disrupt their life? How can I upset the apple cart in their world? Right? He's strategizing. Amen. It's like this large chess game and he's like, I do this, 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 and this. It's checkmate over there. And he's trying to figure how he can checkmate you. Yeah. Amen? That's what he's trying to figure out. He's, he's, he's trying to strategize and deceive. Amen? I'm so glad that it's not our ability. I'm not the other guy at the other side of the chess game. Me like, oh dear. I've got a chess champ against me. No. God's, God's my ability. It's in his strength. Amen. He's like, whatever you figured out, he's already checkmated him. He's just baiting him. Amen. He thinks he's trying to strategize, but he's being baited and he's conquered. Amen. In your ability, you're done. In his ability, game over. Checkmate. Amen. But the battle is on. For we wrestle not. And we'll go into this one a little bit more in a bit of a different way. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. It says we're contending, we're not contending only with physical opponents, but against despotisms, is what it says in the Amplified. What's a despot? <laughs> it's somebody that's a tyrant, 
cruel, somebody that's low, they're fallen, nasty, the oppressed, the populace, the oppressed subjects. That's what a despot is. Against powers, the master spirits who are the world rulers. This is who we're fighting against. I'm just trying to tell you who you're up against. When you read, read in there the master spirits and against powers, the word in the Greek actually is arch, as in archangel or archenemy. It's like prince in chief, the top, the, 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 the top tier, the number one. That's who you're fighting against. Welcome to battle. Master spirits in a supernatural sphere. Amen? Not flesh and blood. In a supernatural sphere that we need eyes to see. Because your natural eyes can't see any of what you're fighting right now. Imagine. Imagine fighting an invisible army and thinking your natural ability is going to do it. And so you're, you're, what are you going to, if you're boxing an invisible guy, what, what, how is that going to work out? You have no clue what you're at. It's invisible. So if you're relying on the natural ability, it's knockout every time. And then you've got to rely on a supernatural vision, a supernatural eyesight to penetrate in another realm so you know how to fight, who you're fighting, how to fight them. Amen. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, the day of danger. And having done all, I'm again, I'm going back and forth between Amplified here, having done all to stand firmly in your place. Stand, therefore. I was away, and I think Brother Tom spoke a service called Stand Your Ground. I haven't heard it. But stand, therefore. You're hearing it again. If you miss something there, stand, therefore. In fact, the Amplified says, hold your ground. Amen. Amen. Don't back up. Hold your ground. Having tightened the belt of truth. Ain't no loose armor here. Tighten up the belt of truth around your loins. Put on the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude or the breastplate of righteousness, as Scripture says. And, right, and, and with your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And then above all, 16, above all, take the shield of faith. My, above all, take the shield of faith wherewith you're able to quench the fiery darts. Fiery darts, they're hitting you right now. Satan didn't stop at the door. <laughs> He's throwing it out. Yeah, this is getting long. <laughs> oh, is the baby crying? <laughs> Distraction? I'm tired. It's a long day at work. <laughs> Should I even be listening? <laughs> He's firing them at you. <laughs> Recognize your enemy. Recognize your tactics. <sighs> this is getting... <laughs> He's throwing them at you. Above all, shield of faith. That can quench the fiery darts. Amen. You combat him with your faith. Amen. Right here in church. What a battle. You know, how many of these things that actually we just went through, even just in your armor, are seen? None of them. I know you weren't answering me quite quickly, so I figured I had to tell you. Zero. Zero is seen. Amen. It takes a different eyesight. It takes a revelation of the word to see your weapons and armor even. 
My. And take the helmet of salvation. Amen. The revelation of God's saving grace to you. And protect your most important area, your mind. Amen. Take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Man, you know, through all of this, there's actually two offensive weapons in this scripture. I think you've got a lot of defensive things. But there's an offensive weapon in there. This is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, you, sometimes we don't actually t- see that there's actually a second one in there. It says in 18, praying always. There's another weapon in there. I was like, you know, God gave you the sword, the word, it's, and, and prayer. My, it's got short range and super, super long range. You got it all. You can hit everything in the middle too. Prayer goes far reaching into another realm for that matter. Not this even realm, but penetrates another realm. Amen. He's given you two weapons. It's all you need. Amen. For the offense. Sword and prayer. Read your Bible and pray every day. And we'll grow. Amen. Know your weapon. Oh, your weapon. You know, I tried to get a, uh, you know, if you didn't know how, if you had a weapon, you're trying to fight somebody and you didn't even know how to fight them. Tell me how effective you'd be. Young people, let's just go with the sword. You know, I don't even have a sword, but I have a teeny weeny knife. Okay, I tried to get a sword. It was not here. But if I had this little knife, okay, pretend it's a sword. But if I didn't know how to fight with this thing, it's like... What, what, how effective would I be? What is this thing? Does it go this way or, or that way? How effective would I be, Wesley? Would I be effective? Come on, let me beat you on the head with this thing. It would defeat the point, wouldn't it? But if I knew how to use it in a bit of a different way, which I do not, but if I did how to use it, I could, I could come in and jab, cut, whack, whack. Oh, yeah, that'd be a different story. What if I, I knew my weapon? Know your weapon! Know it. Read it. Get deep into the word. This is your way to combat the enemy. You say, well, just reading the word. Yes, reading the word. Hearing the word of God builds the fake muscles that are burly. You say, well, that's pretty cool knowing that. That's going to get you to eternity. Amen. Know your weapon tonight. Learn how to pray. Get on your knees. Entreat God. Touch the throne of grace. You pray once a month, you're like, oh, you know, I don't even know how to, yeah, how do you even approach God? Oh, God, I'm just so sorry. And you're, you're just in, you're just in repentance for not even being there for the last month. You didn't get nowhere. Every month it's just, Lord, forgive me. I'm just, just a horrible, horrible Christian. I can't, I haven't been praying. No, your weapon. That's your weapon of prayer. God, we're in a battle. My family's in need. Lord, I was speaking with you yesterday about this. You delivered me that. You answered me there. Thank you, God. Know your weapon. Amen. Praying always. You know, Scripture has watch and pray always there. Watch and pray. Good soldier watches. He's always attentive. Watching the enemy. Seeing what he needs to do. Watch, be alert, and pray. Amen. Always, always combined there. Watch and pray. Now, God wouldn't require you to be prepared. Wouldn't give you the instruction 
telling you how what you need, giving you the, the weapons you need, the armor you need, etc. Telling and, and going through scripture, knowing that there's different realms, different dimensions if you didn't need it. If it wasn't needed, he wouldn't give it to you. Okay? But there's a realm that has its focus on you. There's dimension that is, is so keenly caring that you don't make it to eternity. Okay? And so it's waging a war. Maybe not quite the way you imagined. Because we don't see it happening. So we try to identify it. Now, I'm going to go into a totally different swing of corner. You're going to help me? I'm going to, I'm going to go through a little, little illustration that you heard before. Maybe even seen before. I'm just going to tell it the way it is. And we're just going to walk through it, alright? On a day many years ago, there was a man going for a walk. You might have heard this account. Humor me. It was quite an experience. And so I'm going to relate it tonight. Just maybe help us penetrate another realm. All right. So he's strolling down a road. He'd done this stroll a lot of times. And there was a large barn that he walked by all quite frequently. And it kind of intrigued him as he walked by this barn. And he just always, I'd love to just kind of go in there and take a look at it. But, you know, I could be trespassing. And yeah, he just, so he just always would walk by. Nice stately barn, big barn. But one day he's like, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to jump the fence. I want to take a peek. Such a, you know, just had an attraction to it. And so, slipped over and, you know, no one was around. It's been vacant. He's seen it for many, many years. And so, figured it wouldn't be a big deal. So he goes to the big gate, you know, has those big barns, that big rolling gates, you know, and I'm trying to pull that gate back, big door, ain't budging. All right, well, maybe I'll try that side door. You know, slips over, and the door, rattles the door, eh, locked, ain't happening there. Wow, man. So he goes up, you know, all these old barns and the old wood, you know. They would be. They have knot holes and such everywhere. So he puts a little eyeball in the knot hole and he looks inside. Wow. Wow. It's quite amazing to look through the, through the hole because it was actually empty. There's nothing there. There's no cobwebs. There's no, you know, tractors and, you know, barns can be messy. Who's got a barn? I tell you, anybody who's got a barn, it's probably messy. <laughs> It's got stuff inside, but this one didn't have stuff inside. He was just looking there and peering inside his, inside his little, little hole there. And he said, my goodness, there's nothing there. There's no hay. There's nothing left over. It's it just, it's just bare. Well, you know, just felt like he could want, he wanted to get in there. So, you know what he shouldn't have done, but you know, he went to one of those boards and kind of pulled the board back, trying to open up a way to get in and scoots his way inside. Blinks a little bit. Well, just bare. Big concrete floor. Empty. Except far end of it is a desk. And there's a desk there. It's all clean. Big red, big beams there. You know, I looked around. It's, you know, stately beams and such. But all there was in front of him was a table. Way in the front. This is interesting. So he kind of just strolls to the front. Take a look at what's on this table. And there's a piece of paper. And a Bible. Oh, oh, ain't this interesting? It's a Bible. 
It was an old worn Bible. I mean, it was used. It had been read back forth. It was kind of torn a little bit. And, and you know, the worn areas of a scripture, anyone that has a worn Bible, you know, it kind of really moves around. And it was just, it was well used, you know, well oiled, well read. So he was looking at the Bible and he says, well, you know, who would leave a Bible here like this? Maybe it's, you know, this Bible someone's old friend. You know, so look inside and see, you know, who, who, who's, whose is this? You know, where's the, the name? Maybe I can get an idea whose it is. There was no, no name in there. But it did have some initials in the top corner. It said SM in the top corner. So, oh my, okay, well, I don't know what that is. So he turned the paper that was sitting beside the Bible there just on this table. Now he saw, he said, so I saw something that really stepped back and said, Satan's Ten Commandments. So, whoa, this is getting a little strange. What have I walked into? Pretty strange, strange place. Walk into a place that says Satan's Ten Commandments on a piece of paper. And you're like, start getting the eebie-jeebies a little bit. So he started to read a little bit of the few lines and Oh, he just started, you know, this is, this must be like a cult place or something like this. this is strange. And, but he wanted, to, he was reading down the list and he was wanting to kind of take note of what these were. And he actually had a pen and he had a little pencil and, and a little notepad. And so he started scrolling down what all these things were on the page. He was looking at them saying, Oh my goodness, these actually have affected me. There was some application in his own life. He said, Oh my goodness, mercy. And so he's kind of scratching all these down and, and wanting to get out of there so quickly and so fast. Because this was, it was just giving him really a, a really oppressed feeling and, and, uh, and made sure everything was there, the Bible exactly the way it was, the piece of paper where it was, and poof, gone. Out that little barn board, back into this place, and he hoofs it for a little bush and kind of gets himself clear. You know, his heart's beating. That was weird. So he's looking over his little piece of paper. And as he's sitting there, not too, just really a few minutes pass, and he starts to hear it. These sounds. And he looks up, and he's seeing smoke going into this barn. What's going on here? It kind of sounds like this eerie wind blowing, and greenish smoke starts moving into this barn. He says, what's happening? Even this kind of musicish kind of feel is going as this, yeah, he just... Eerie, downright eerie. What would you have done? Probably started to run. Yeah, yeah. And that's what he did. Up he got. Boom, I am gone. He said he, he's heading out as fast as his little legs can, little legs, legs can run. <laughs> and, and he got about 10 or 20 yards. He's just burning out of here. And he's like, attention, everyone. Attention, attention, everyone. He's like, what? Who's a, who turns back? It's coming from the barn. Get in your order, please. Get in your rank and file. Attention. There was no one here. It's just me. And I was just in the barn. So what, what's going, what, what happened here? Smoke. I, I mean, his mind is puzzled. So, he turns himself around, gets himself back to the barn. He's intrigued. You know, I got to see what, 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 what is this all about? And he creeps back now. He goes back to the little hole that he's looking in. 
And here now the barn is filled. But not quite with who you think they are filled with. And here he's looking now. It's a whole range of. From people that are, you know, nice suited up. Three piece people. All the way down. It was down. It kind of gradually got worse and worse. Till the back row was just hideous. Hideous frog like kind of creatures. And he's, he's looking at it. But at the front. At the front of the desk is this nice, debonair, real smart-looking man. But as he worked his way back through the barn, it just got nastier and nastier, more menacing. Now, the front person, he was real kind of drawn to, he real stood out there as he was looking in this little knot hole into this barn now. And he could hear just some comments he's just, just some voices near the near the walls. Shh, Sh- Lucifer's gonna speak now. Shh, quiet, quiet. What am I? What am I looking at? What am I? What am I looking here? Where am I at? Very quickly, the man realized who he was looking at. Here in this backwood community, this back barn, there here now was a small portion of some spirits of some demons that were there to. Influence and attack and war with that with the community and here Lucifer was now coming and 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 taking some charge and and going over some 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 things that he hadn't even, hadn't heard yet but he was realizing what was going on he said why and his mind went to a scripture his mind went to scripture Isaiah fourteen Lucifer and he's thinking my Lucifer he says how art thou fallen O Lucifer son of the morning and he remembers S M on the Bible. Oh, and that was a wretched thought to him. Satan has a Bible. He reads it. Really? Here he tries to hold us back from reading the Bible and he's reading it himself? What a hypocrite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At the highest level. Yes. You bet he knows. He knows exactly who Christ is. He knows and believes the Bible. Demons fell at Christ's feet, knew who they were looking at, and the Pharisees did not. Mark says, unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And he straightly charged them and said that they should not make him known. Oh, they know. They know. James, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe. And tremble. Oh yes. Scripture says. Son of man. Take up lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Next verse it says. Thou hast been in Eden. The garden of Eden. Every precious stone was thy covering. Sardis, topaz and diamond. Beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee. But Aram says. Now you know the king of Tyrus at the time. Could not have been in Eden. It was 4,000 years before. He says, thou has been in Eden. Who's he talking to? He's talking to Satan in the king. Amen. Here he was. Thou has been in Eden. Every precious stone was thy covering. My, my. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Set thee also, uh, was a, you were the, thou wast upon the holy mountain, hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. 
I don't know what the stones of fire are, personally. I was, Brother Brown doesn't even really mention that. But he walked down, Scripture felt to, to put down that he walked at this place, in the midst of the stones of fire. Incredible position that he held. Thou was perfect in thy ways. This is the son of the morning. From the day thou was created until iniquity, iniquity was found in thee. Thine heart was filled up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. And I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. My Lucifer, son of the morning. Quite an angel. A cherub that covered. The anointed cherub that covered. Amen. Lifted up because of thy beauty. And the scripture says, and I will ascend. He thought he was quite something. And he was corrupted by reason of thy brightness. Oh, he was a thing of beauty, son of the morning. And what a creature to behold. But iniquity was found in him. And he was cast out. Amen. And here he is in front of this man that's looking through this little barn knothole. And he's trying to figure out and even fathom what he's looking at. You wonder, the scripture says, and thy tabrets, it speaks of music there. And you wonder why music's so anointed. You wonder, huh? Because Lucifer himself was involved. My, it was his specialty. And you can imagine it's his specialty even now. And he anoints it. Satan. And he influences. And man, he loves beauty. Loves to be identified in beauty and glamour. This is where he was. God identifies himself in humility. Humble. Amen. Lowly. Backward. Simple people. That's who God identifies himself with. The Rebbe See, Satan was the original archangel of God. How he dwelt in the heavens. He was once a great person in the heavens. He was God's right-hand man to fellowship, and he got puffed up in his heart. My, he said, God has a hard time trying to get to somebody that can, he can deal with that will stay humble and meek and stay in a place till God himself, God calls him to do something. You believe that? A man that God can bless, he will keep himself a man, not an angel or a God. As soon as a man gets blessed, there's something given to him. He wants to become a God. He wants to become an angel. He wants to become a great person. What I do, me and mine and all that, that's the wrong attitude said god's hunting for somebody who could bless and pour out the blessings and the more he blessed the littler the man become amen that's what he's looking for he that will exalt himself god will bring a base he that will humble himself god will exalt and you'll never be as big in your own self you'll only be as big as god will be big in you amen it's a good quote to paste on your fridge Calling this meeting to order. Lucifer now, as he knows, is standing in the front calling to order. And he's strong. My, he's perfect looking. My, just like one of those suave, you know, Hollywood stars, you know. They got them little dapper suits with a little bow tie. And they, they just look like their muscles are popping in just perfect form. This is what he looked like. He's just suave, debonair, standing in front, in control, commanding the audience and before him. He was smooth. He had poise. He had class. He was commanding, but yet he had piety. Here he was now in front of this gathering. 
As the man looked, he noticed everyone was really actually in place and in order. And they had banners, even flags that were identifying who they were. He hadn't quite noticed that in the commotion. But here they were, you know, where he could see now they were actually, he could identify what he was actually looking at. And it looked like there were some, some really high-ranking, stately, kind of official-looking looking ones at the front row. And they're nice suits, you know, and, and real business-looking. And really their hair was all done nice, so they are of high rank. High, you know, just real, real poised, high places that these ones must have been in control of, right? But then as it worked its way back, you can see there was, there was the lying demon section and they, they looked real slick and cool and real, you know, easy going, but they were dark, you know, and there was there, so there was, there was, you could see the music demons and there's banners of rock and roll and banners of country music and all the inspires of the world, but they looked really rebellious. Especially that rock and roll crew. They were kind of more middle ranking. And he could see then the, the depression ones that they were there long. And these sad phases. But Branham actually says actually cloudy in looking. He says they're very cloudy like a wave. These demons were looking like this is an eye that penetrated another realm, folks. This is actually real. This ain't no story. Okay, a little penetrate a little bit. This is real right here, right now. So well, that sounds kind of scary, Brother Michael. No, you're battling against it. You're battling, you're warring. Know your weapon, because they're out to get you. There was Hollywood demons, entertainment. They were glamorous and shiny. Woo, they liked the shiny stuff. You know, but they were kind of invisible. There was just no substance to them. You know, they looked great on the outside, but you could kind of look right through their, their vessels, their, their beings, you know, because there ain't no substance to the glamour. And so here they were. And then there was strife and anger and malice and uh, demons of arguing and jealousy. And here they were. This, these were the ones that stirred up wars and stirred up murderings and all that. Temper was there. And they were, they were looking more and more hideous as they worked its way back. Then there was jealousy and envy and all the banners and flags identifying who they were. Doubt was there. Fear. My, he was kind of a spider-looking creature, you know, with them really big eyes, you know, kind of looking real fearful and intimidating-like. And then there was the pious ones and the self-righteous, you know, and kind of near the front those, those real suave ones were actually those religious spirits, so refined they were. In fact, they looked so refined, even so cunning, it was even hard to believe that they were actually the worst of them all. But as this man looked, he noticed a common thing between all of them. Their eyes were just empty, and there was nothing there. They were lost. Because they had been cast out. They were fallen angels. And they were lost. The same look as someone that has no hope. They're lost. There's nothing there. There's no life there. And he noted that. These dark, sunken, empty, no life. Just fallen stars. Now everybody, just hold still please. As the man heard. I've called this meeting to bring a regroup to this area. Refocus your endeavors. In this, in this area of the world, because there's those that serve our enemy in this area of the world that, that there, there, there seems to be a, a real pressure against you. And there's, I don't know if you're really winning the battle here. So I've called this meeting as an urgent call to business because you need to regroup. All right. Some of you need to be reminded here this, this afternoon of the more important steps to ensure how we trap those that follow and believe in our enemy. 
So I'm wanting to rebring to you t- today the Ten Commandments of Satan that make a miserable Christian. And these are very sure to hinder and snare and bring the Christians that serve re- and bring the Christians to really come and serve our religion, <laughs> serve us, and they don't even know it, will make them miserable. He says, there's few that resist it. It's few. It's only those that actually really know how to handle their weapons. But the majority of them, we got them. This is the way. So listen up. All right. So everybody got quiet. Kind of got their chain jerked a little bit from the, their captain of captains. Now, number one, don't let them listen to that little still small voice. And pray every day that tells them to do that. And I want you to make sure that they, they don't read their Bible. And I want you to make sure you employ teamwork to make sure this doesn't happen. Don't kill the voice though entirely. Not entirely. Because if you do that, they'll really recognize that they've backslid. And they'll make their way back. So just, just dampen it down to a minimum. Amen. Just a little. Just casually read and pray. Just a little bit, okay? Just make sure that they're amply starved, but not completely in famine. Because then they'll recognize their loss and they need to go back. So just just bring it down a little bit. You got that? Stuff and snuff out that little voice. Because we surely don't want them to have a real experience. Keep them weak, but don't make them dead. They'll go and say, Brother Branham says here, Oh, I saw it once. I've been in Brother Branham's meeting. I saw a discernment. I was in Brother Oral Roberts' meeting. I was in the audience. I've seen all that. I've been at Pentecostals. I heard Russian wind and speaking and all that. He says, There's where you fail to not listen to the still small voice of God to call you. There's where the trouble lies. It is in that, certainly, the world can mimic and out-entertain. The church is not entertainment. He said it's, suppo- it's not supposed to entertain. It's supposed to preach the new birth that make a new creature in Christ. Yeah. That's what church is all about. It's so that you can hear that still small voice. Not just to come and listen to good songs. Sit in a pew and, and, and kind of you know, take it in and, 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 and uh, suppress some you know, religious feeling. But it's to get a new walk. A walk with Christ. So that you're a your new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah, too many people are looking for entertainment, he says, social parties and some fantastic of some sort. Don't let the still small voice move them to read and pray pray and read their Bible. Number two, try to satisfy that nat- with natural material. Let the natural take place of the spiritual. Keep them occupied, going and doing, consumed with life's possessions. Make them obtain a goal. And then they'll find that it maybe doesn't meet their desire and give them another one. Go and go, busy and busy, consume them. Just consume them. Amen? Full tilt, all the time. We've got this new stuff, social media. We didn't have these things back in the old days. My, this stuff's good, so use it and utilize it. It consumes them, it tantalizes them. You know, the latest Halo, the latest Call of Duty, you know, get something that gets their adrenaline going and then they want to, don't want to, you know, they don't want to do number one. Well, this is boring. 
That's exactly. So get the media in front of them. Get them going every day. You know, that infinite scroll of doom. I mean, sorry, that infinite scroll of joy. Yes. Get them on it. Get them on them devices. So they're they're just scrolling through. We've orchestrated it because it's an addictive thing, actually. It's like ringing the one-armed bandit. It's like like gambling. It actually is built that way. Yes. Because it has this little, you know, maybe something will come up and, oh, yeah, that video. A little bit more. Oh, let's keep going and scrolling. Oh, oh, yeah, that one. And it kind of hits you. You might just get, you might just win. (laughs) Bling. Nope. Bling. Nope. Bling. Yes, I won. And that's exactly what it's orchestrated to. The endless scroll. You just think it's technology. Ha! We pulled one over on them. Get a phone in every one of their hands. We're moving on. Matthew 6, 31 to 34. We all know our scripture. He had a Bible there in front of them. Well used. He brought it out. He says, but I want you to make sure because reverse it. Scripture says, therefore, take no thought. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? No, he says, take thought. Make them worry. I don't want to make them wonder and and, and strive about what they're going to do and where they're going to eat and their job and get them on the rat race of life. So they're just turning, turning, turning. It kind of goes back to, to number two, as we were saying, because it actually, we want them on what's called the Skinner box. And a Skinner box is that little mouse and a lever and a hole. And the mouse learns that when he pulls the lever, the hole opens and he gets a reward. And that's why we want them on that endless scroll kind of thing. But we want them always wondering and worrying and taking thought for tomorrow and so reverse the scripture on them it says seek ye first the kingdom of god make sure it's the last thing that's on their minds make them seek everything in life and may the kingdom of god be last therefore take thought for tomorrow worry about the next paycheck consume their mental being make them build bridges Long and far bridges of worry. Cross those bridges so that they're consumed with it. Make sure, number four, please, that they have one, maybe two people that they got bad feelings towards. This is real critical because it can always keep a barrier in the way for them. They always then feel condemned because they know there's one or two people that they actually feel they have some harbored feelings against them. But make sure there's not more than five because then they know they got a problem. So keep it, keep it down. Keep it down to one or two. We know that the root of bitterness drives the enemy away from them, which is what we want. It cankers them. Oh, critical spirit. He points out to them. The fellow looks in. He can see him identifying those that have specialties in this area. Number five, don't let them testify. I don't want them to hear the word. I do not. I'm going to repeat it. He said, I do not want to hear the word from their lips. It's a big no-no. It builds faith. And that's a catastrophe. Others will hear it. And by this, then they'll overcome. We must not have this. Maybe use the next commandment very heavily as we'll get there. Make sure that they are unworthy. They have problems and sins which will condemn them. 
And therefore, they don't want to testify. Heavy condemnation. Be aware, though, most of them don't know that you're anointing their minds. They believe it's their own thoughts. So this is a good thing. Most humans actually have no clue that it's actually us battling in their minds and throwing the thoughts in there and influencing them. They have no clue. Most of them. So use it to your advantage. But under no circumstance, I don't want to hear any Bible out of their mouth. Don't let them speak scripture. That is, unless they want to disbelieve or speak against it. Then it's okay. Really, really foster that one. Remember, Legion, he testified and caused havoc for us in the city. Remember him. Remember John Ryan. He went and testified. We thought we had him. Whole week there was nothing happening, but he kept testifying, and he was his blindness was was healed. We couldn't stand there. We we were vanquished because he testified. Never let it happen. It strengthens them, and it weakens us. I even heard someone. I heard Kim Dingwall and Tim Gertson. I heard him down in Cloverdale testifying even this morning. You need to stop that. Don't stop. They're aware. <laughs> well, maybe you don't believe that you say. This is a quote. Well, my faith is weak. I wouldn't confess it. See? Don't let the devil know that. Always say, I've got good faith. I believe in God with all my heart. Ah, don't testify nothing of the devil. Don't testify nothing. He's waiting to hear it. Because then he's going to jump right on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, feed that one. Don't ever let it even come out of your mouth. Number six, keep them self-absorbed, please. Really absorbed in themselves. Man, if they look in the mirror, just start putting in their mind, wow, you're, you're quite ugly. Oh, my goodness. you got nothing to give. Yeah, just feed them, you know, just get them absorbed in themselves and their problems and their imperfections. And, oh, my goodness, look at their awkwardness or, or their job or their life or maybe their inadequacies with their friends. Make them consumed with their world, just absorbed with their self. Make them love themselves or hate themselves, whatever it is, make it themselves. And make sure, number seven, you preach a fatalistic doctrine that they can't do anything right ever. Always oh, on their minds is problems, problems, problems. Nothing's right. All is wrong. My lifelong, make it their lifelong mantra. Make them speak it. Oh, the negative is good, so keep it coming. Anybody that makes them say, I can't. Oh, I just want to hear I can't. It's holidays for everyone. If you can make them say, I can't. It just, it's useless. It's impossible. Oh, I love that word, impossible. It's impossible. Mm. Let's do another quote. Well, I'm weak. My faith's not very much. I'm not a good Christian. That's just what the devil wants you to say. You're talking his language. You mustn't never say that. Don't let your testimony be negative. Let it be positive. All the time. I'm saved. I've God in my heart. I believe him with my heart. Do you believe in divine healing? With all my heart. Amen. Number eight. Always. Always keep them comparing. Please remember this. It's very good. Keep them comparing their lives with others. 
Therefore, then there's no satisfaction. And they're then on that treadmill because they're always looking at someone else on what they have and what they don't. Trying to reach that new plateau, but never attaining it. It's just, it's a, it's a tactic you must bring down to perfection. They'll never be satisfied. Put you, try and make them attain some new, new thing in life. Maybe some new job position. If they've got money, let them know they got no friends. If they got friends, make sure they know they got no money. Just make sure they, they aren't attaining that, that, you know, something. And therefore they're always comparing. Compare, 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 and show what they lack. And then they're never content. The only thing that will make them content is the enemy. But we need to keep them away from that. So compare with their friends or their job or whatever. We want them spiritual dwarfs. So make them focus on the materialistic aspects of life. Number nine, you can let them come to church. Just a little bit. They can sing and they can clap. But only to the point where they feel religious. That's it. That's it. Never let them sit there long enough to receive anything. Make sure they maintain constant distraction. Never let them really hear what the preacher is saying. Church is a real hot spot for us. Real hot spot. So be on your game. Be on your intense focus. Because here's where it can go real wrong for us. But it can also be real right. Because we can get them right in that sweet spot. Of religious but dead. Distract their minds on problems. We want them to hear problems, not promise. Problems, not promise. Repeat it over and over again. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe it's too hot. Maybe it's too cold. Maybe the baby's crying. The kids are stirring. Maybe they're critical. The preacher's too loud. He's too long. He's too... Whatever it is, just make them proud. Make them casual. I don't really care. But make them on something else just so they can walk out and say, well, it's a church and they feel all good. But they're as dead as a stick. That's where we want them. And number 10. We must ensure that they live the reverse of James 1, 22. Again, the reverse because we want them hearers and not doers. So be ye hearers of the word and not doers. Please rememorize that for next time. Be ye hearers of the word and not doers, deceiving yourselves. My, we need hearers. We cannot have doers. Never. By hearing only, they look at the word and merely glance at who they are. It's a quick look. If you actually read the scripture, it says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. And so you take a peek in the mirror in the morning. Yeah, I look good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm moving on. Maybe you got crumbs on your cheek. Maybe your hair's kind of, and you know, your, your collar's up. But you know, you just did a quick glance. You didn't even, you didn't even see that. It's a quick glance in the mirror. They are just here. You're just kind of, yeah, it's good enough. And you head on out, but really you're actually out of place. And by not doing, not having a good look, looking in the word of God, and actually your spiritual life is way out of place. And you're just doing that quick glance. Just that here. But a Tom spoke a message many years ago. Mirror, mirror of God's word. Am I expressing what I've heard? Ooh. 
Just to give you an idea, mirror, mirror on the wall, am I the fairest one of all? Right? But no, mirror, mirror of God's word. My, that has stuck with me for years. Mirror, mirror of God's word. Am I expressing? What inspiration? Expressing or revealing what I've heard? Am I doing what I've heard? Am I putting on Christ? Am I putting on the garment? Amen? Not just hearing and being like, yeah, I'm good enough. It's a good enough look there for the day. Come to church, sit down. Is this good enough religion? Ah, that's exactly, exactly where we want them. Reverse James 22, 122. And we've got them. The man had heard enough. The meeting was coming to close. He could feel it. And so he ran right back to them bushes. And in a moment, the reverse happens and the barn is empty. He said, but Michael, you're over time and that's just a story. Nope. It's real. Maybe that way was the little story. But every one of them is real. Every one of them is trying to war just like that. Just like that. Even right now. Right now. His only intent is to get you tied to this earthly realm. This dimension. So you never, never, never make it to the other one. And so tonight, I just wanted to, I just, my burden was that, God, you could open our eyes to be a lot more sensitive and aware to what we're warring against. Maybe in a bit of a different way. Maybe a different, well, that's kind of a, a weird story. But I want you to walk out of the service tonight and recognize that you're being bombarded, constantly set up and strategized to try and figure out how can I derail this one. And you're pressed now. You know what? And I'm going to just wrap it up very quickly here. My apologies for going just a few minutes over. But... That's maybe a look into that realm. And I, may, it, may it be very real to you as, as, we, as we war, as we battle, as we strive. But never before has there been an age that has actually had a, had actually a, a, a vessel that could penetrate into that realm to actually show how real it really is. Amen? Amen. It's, it's, it's not just a story. It's a real realm and it's pressing itself, trying to actually hold you back and trying to bring in while the other's trying to bring you much, much higher. But here, but Abraham says we're living in two worlds. Now he's speaking of himself. He says, you're in two worlds here. Uh, you're in a world here and you're in a world there. When you're with somebody else, maybe 50 years ago. And you may be with somebody years from today to come. And yet you realize you're standing on a platform here. And you're speaking something that happened many, many years ago. Maybe weeks ago. Months ago. Another nation. Another place or something. And then you try to keep yourself straight in that and thinking. Tell you it's quite a thing. Imagine he's standing in two worlds. In the future. In the past. He's moving in dimension. And here he is trying to keep you. How, how can you try and keep yourself straight in that? Showing you and I. There's another place. 
get our eyes off this earthly dimension. That we never before has an age had insight like that. To tell you and let you know in reality, this is what's happening. Is that right, sister? That's right. Raise your hand if that's right. Over and over and over again. Where was he? He was in another world. Two worlds at the same time. The lady hasn't raised her head. Her faith pulled several times. I looked at it. Mm, I looked at it. Where, what is he looking at? Then I seen light move straight right over her. You realize I'm looking in two worlds. My. At you and another one, another dimension. There it stood over her. I want her while she's got her hand up. You was pressing hard tonight, wasn't you, sister? Trying to humble yourself to receive healing. And you was praying, get God, let this be my night. If that's true, then you wave your hand back and forth. If that's, there she is. Amen. I'm looking in two worlds. And then a real realm, amen? That might have been the dark realm. That might have been what we just went through. But there's a real realm. There's a light realm. There's a realm of light that, that's trying to shine and penetrate and let you know there's also a realm that's here to uplift you, to pull you into that dimension. My. He says, I'm looking right at that pillar of fire that followed Israel through the wilderness. Oh, God. What a display we had in this day of the supernatural realm. What a display. Amen. Never in history God even allowed this insight into that realm. Never. Never before. My. But this last stage. Why? This is just Brother Michael. Because this age, this people, is preparing to be raptured. And so that realm... God said, I'm going to make that really tangible for them because that's where they're going. So I'm going to give them an insight into that realm. I'm going to let them know that that's real. It's not just a figment of imagination over in the past years, but I'm going to send a messenger and he's going to constantly penetrate, constantly penetrate and show them this is a real dimension and you're being called to it. The word has come to robe you for that realm. Not some fairy tale world, but reality. Amen. Musicians, why don't you come? My, he says, will you accept it to be God? If you believe it to be God, you'll benefit by it. If you do not, well, then to my opinion, it's sin. The Bible said, go ye and sin no more. If sin is unbelief, go ye and disbelieve no more. A worse thing will come upon you. He says, oh, oh, now a strong thing struck the platform then. My, stop that. See? We're not in this dimension. If you scientists here, it's not three dimensions we live in. It's another dimension which is closer to God. Strong thing struck the platform. Another realm. You're not fighting flesh, saints. You're not fighting flesh. And may you gird up your loins with Scripture. Get to know your weapon. Because if you're complacent and just sitting by, That realm has got you tied up in knots. The chess game is already won on their end. But if you know your armor, if you know your weapons, and you get in your word, that's what we're shoring, getting shored up with. Again, we're recognizing we don't fight fight flesh and blood, but against principalities in high places, as we'll end this little little two-part here. 
God, he's opened his word and he's revealed a little more for each age. My brother Tim was talking about that, how, how, how he, the Lord opened up a little bit with Luther and he revealed a little more for that day. And then Wesley and he revealed a little more for, for, for that day. And I was, I was pondering that and thinking, now here we are now with the full word, full revealed word, access to that. And here it's been the same word, but just a little bit more. That was my, my mind kind of went back to my really childhood days, how, how we had them little transformer cars. I had a few of those, you know, and they transformed. It was the same car, but it could transform into different things. Said so it's that same word that they've had in years before and in the age before, but it's just been opening and revealing itself and transforming itself into, into the full revealed word of what it is. Amen? And so back then they had a certain, they had the word for a weapon. Right now, hey, hey, we haven't just got a little sword or a little gun. We've got the full revealed, transformed word, open and revealed. It's bazooka, atomic weapon power. That's what's been opened us to us this day. Amen. Amen. And I was thinking of the song, thinking of the, Lord, I know we were going to focus a little bit on the on what's oppressing against us. But you know, there is another land. I, will, I have a song. I wanted to sing a song. We'll, we'll sing that song about the band I had sent, as mentioned there. It's just played, played on and on in my mind. But there isn't, there's, there's darkness indeed. But I just, my mind went to a quote that Brother Branham had speaking about Elijah. And he was really worn out. He had been chased by Jezebel and all that. and He was in a really low, low, low spot. He needed some shoring up. He needed some strength. Brother Branham, he just describes it. He says, you know, the world may call a holy roller and a fanatic. God loves you. His angels are encamped about those who fear him. I was just pondering, Lord, you know, we can think about all what the enemy is trying to do, but I know your angels are about us. My, just we have some insight into how they're actually lifting you up, Abraham. Brother Bram gives a little insight here as he speaks about, he says, I imagine in every limb all through the place swarms of angels now. And God come down, he says, my poor, tired servant. I said, Lord, maybe there's a poor, tired servant tonight. He's so nervous and he's tore up and he don't know what to do. I want to pick out an angel standing here that's got the softest hands. Ah, I said, Lord, maybe someone needs some soft hands tonight. They've been warring and they're battling and they know their weapon. And it's been a constant battle. And the darts have been flying and they've got their shield up and they're weary and they're worn and they're tired. Find the angel. They're all around. They're all around. And may he just start walk up those down. He said, no, who's present here? Who's got the softest hand? He's starting to go, no, no. Oh, those are the softest hands. Maybe Brother Raymond needs some soft hands of an angel, he says. And he goes down and he goes, he takes us and just stroke his brow. Just so gently and so easily. We can think about all those demons. But our Jesus, our captain, our savior, he has his own 
and he sends them down. And may the softest hands, if you need that tonight, say, Lord, I need soft hands tonight. I need one to caress my brow. It's been a real difficult time. May he, may that realm be so real. May just his presence just come over your little area and your little pew and soft hands start to caress your brow. Amen. I was thinking about Brother Branham. He says, you know, folks, it's when the battle's all over. He said, in the last shot's been fired. And he's comforted. You've been weary and worn. And the smoke's all died down. And we sat down for the wedding supper. He says, my, could you imagine? He said, look down that great table set yonder. Hundreds of miles long. Hey, look down there. Look across there. Sets. Oh, there's Brother Charlie Drake. Oh, there's Brother Hugh Message. There's Brother Mike Hunt. There's sister. There's brother. There's Brother John Drake. They hear him say, oh, there's Brother Branham. He made it. Oh, my, you know, there's bound to be a few tears run down our cheeks. My, sat in my little chair. Surely they did run down my cheeks. I looked across there and said, my, look, there's my old dad and there's my mother. My wife and children were all here in the tears running down our cheeks. They, the angelic beings standing back, soft angelic musics going, oh, what a morning. What a morning. Oh, he goes, I can see looking across the table. There, seeing all who's there, tears running down our face and our cheeks as we reach across and one another's hands and we grip across the table and shake each other's hands. Oh, he says, then I hear, then I hear the angels move back and bow their heads. And I come and I look and I walk in yonder from those doors. He comes, King of Kings and Lord of Lords and walking down along the table, wiping each one of our eyes putting his arm around us and saying oh now don't cry now it's all over now all them's here there's not any of them gone oh I just underlined that and bolded it he said all of them's here there's not one missing there's not a chair at the table you're like where'd he go where'd this person go I thought he was supposed to be here Mm-mm. everyone's here because we'll all be looking around our family our loved ones he says not one of them's missing hallelujah they're all here now enter into the joys of the Lord amen that's what we're striving for may our eyes be so attuned and open to that dimension to that world yes Lord we are warring and we're aware of it but are my eyes on the prize I want to be sitting at that table oh God tears rolling down my cheeks as he come up and put his arm around me and say it's all done it's all over no more tears to stream down from your eyes he says that's not these little fiction stories of Santa Claus. He said, that's thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Amen. I want to sing this song. Oh, it's an old, old song. There's a land beyond the river that we call the sweet forever. And we the shores by faith you can see 783 
Heavenly Father. Lord, our hearts are yearning. Lord, we feel we're indeed being pressed, Lord. But Lord, it's a birth pains that'll birth us into that other realm, oh God. As Lord, the world gets darker and darker. The prophet said, just a little conglomeration and a little light here, a little light there. Lord, that's this little group of people, some of those little lights. Lord, you're bright around the world. We're just part of that. Lord, help us, Lord, to tighten up our belt, Lord, as we battle a little bit more. Not over quite yet, but Lord, it's good to talk about. Good to talk about, Lord, when we get to that great banquet table. Lord, how our tears will be brushed from our cheeks, Lord. That's where we're waiting and yearning for that day. May it become just a little more real, Lord. Our eyes opened. Not our natural eye, but our spiritual eye opened just a little bit more to the reality of what has in store for us and also the reality of what we're battling against. So, Lord, we commit this evening to you now. May you, Lord, this little something be deposited into the heart. Maybe the script bag of your people. They could go out, Lord, and be strong against the enemy. How he'll battle us even more. But, Lord, may we be ready for it, Lord. As we trust in your strength and not in ours. So we commit the remainder of the week and the weekend ahead of us in your care now. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the strength that you give us. Thank you for the courage you pour into us. Go with your people, Lord. Drive them on the roads at nighttime. May your angels, Lord, be dispatched. May we be so cognizant, Lord, in that spiritual realm. May our sensitivity to that realm be heightened, knowing that, Lord, you're dispatching angels as they're getting ready even now. Lord, you've got certain ones going with certain people. I need you to go with them. I need you to go with them. Lord, it's real. May it be so much, so much more real to us, Lord. Jesus Christ's name we pray now. Amen. Amen. God bless you. May there's something to help you through your spiritual journey. May the Lord go with you. We'll see some of you on the weekend. Others be here. Hold the fort. Pull from this end here. Lord willing, we'll see you all again at the next appointed time. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.